Welcome to the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for Taking Charge of Your Health. I'm your host, Dr. Rob. Today, I moved just around the corner from the realms covered in my last two podcasts. Yes, this is week three of Embarrassing Subject Month, and having spent two weeks between the cheeks, I'm moving around to the front for the remaining two. Today, we'll cover conditions that make urine come out when and where it shouldn't. I've noticed that people are much more at ease in talking about their urine than they are their poop. I'm not really sure why this is the case. Perhaps it's a smell. But asking someone if they have problems when they pee just doesn't evoke the same expression from people as does asking about their poop. There's one exception to this, and that is when urine comes out when it shouldn't. This is a condition known as urinary incontinence. There are three types of incontinence that I'll discuss in this podcast. Bedwetting, which happens mostly in children, and two kinds of incontinence that happen in adults, stress and urge incontinence. So, let's start with bedwetting. The fancy doctor word for bedwetting is enuresis. Bedwetting is a very common condition affecting 15% of all children at age 5, still 10% of 7-year-olds, and even 1-2% to of children over 15, although they wouldn't want to be called children at that point. It's not only common, it's genetic. If both parents have a problem with bedwetting, one-half to three-quarters of the offspring will have the same. So go ahead, kids, lay this problem at your parents' feet. Well, not literally. But it's not fair for parents to blame their kids for wetting their bed. Many parents seem to think that the child is simply too lazy to get out of bed and so chooses to sleep in a urine-soaked bed. They punish their children or shame them in an attempt to fix this problem. This is a big mistake. The main problem with children who wet their beds is not laziness. It's just that they sleep so deeply that they don't wake up when their bladder tells them they need to go. For some reason, the brain needs simply to get older for it to get aroused by a full bladder. That means that the cure for bedwetting is time. There is no magic medication that will fix it, and shame doesn't work either. Having the child wear some sort of absorbent undergarment is the best way to cope with it. Don't make a big deal out of it. The kids may resist this idea in the first, but the alternative of sleeping in urine usually convince them otherwise. There are a few medications that help children if they, say, want to go over to a friend's house and not wear a pull-up, but these only work while the medications are being given. Once they're stopped, the bedwetting resumes. So don't make a big deal out of bedwetting. It's a really common problem and will go away on its own. The only time when it needs to be brought to a doctor's attention is when a child who has previously been dry through the night starts wetting the bed regularly. This may represent a significant medical problem. So what about adult incontinence? I do understand why it's embarrassing to wet yourself, yet a very high number of adults with incontinence don't seek help. And this is really too bad because there are treatments that are very effective, meaning that the incontinence doesn't condemn you to a life wearing Depends undergarments. There are two main kinds of adult urinary incontinence, stress incontinence and urge incontinence. Stress incontinence happens when an increase in abdominal pressure, like when a person coughs, causes a leakage of urine. It's the most common type of incontinence in younger women and in men who have had prostate surgery. It happens because the little muscle that closes the outlet of the bladder, called the urethral sphincter, doesn't close with enough force. 
urge incontinence happens when a person gets the sudden urge to urinate but can't get to the bathroom in time to prevent an accident. It's more common in older women and it can be more socially significant because it can come on at inopportune times. Some lucky people have a combination of urge and stress incontinence. So what can be done about these problems? My quick and dirty tips for today will cover what to do about adult incontinence. Tip number one, get evaluated. There are a number of medical problems that can cause either stress or urge incontinence, especially if it comes on fairly rapidly. Most people end up only giving a urine specimen, but occasionally more aggressive testing is needed to find out the exact cause. And yes, the words more aggressive testing are a euphemism for a test that might not be all that much fun, but getting to the root of the problem can really fix the problem. Tip number two, learn Kegel exercises. I'm not sure if Dr. Kegel or his kids were thrilled to get the Kegel name hooked to bladder exercises, but doing them regularly helps reduce or eliminate incontinence, especially stress incontinence. The basic procedure is to repeatedly stop the urine flow when you're going and then repeat the same muscle contraction throughout the day. I'm including a link in the show notes that gives you more detailed instructions. They also have some comment about elevators that I don't quite understand. Tip number three, medicate with care. There are a number of medications that can help, but they should be taken with care. When you take a medicine by mouth, the drug goes everywhere in your body, not just where you want it to help you. The most common medications for urinary incontinence can cause significant side effects, including especially dry mouth, and your doctor should discuss all of these side effects with you. Still, these medications are very useful and can really improve your quality of life. Men, especially older men, are sensitive to medications when it comes to being able to urinate. Certain medications, especially antihistamines, can make the urinary sphincter close too much causing a very uncomfortable condition known as bladder outlet obstruction. When the prostate gland grows larger, a common thing in older men, it causes an obstruction of the bladder. These medications can add to that obstruction, totally blocking the urine flow. Be careful with medications. And finally, tip four, if all else fails, ask about surgery. Women are prone to have problems with their muscles of their pelvis from either childbirth or growing older, which can be fixed with a surgical procedure. The surgery is generally not terribly invasive and so shouldn't cause a long recovery. Well, that's it for urinary incontinence. I hope that all of these embarrassing subject podcasts have been helpful and have whet your appetite for the final subject, male problems. I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to do that one. If you have subjects, embarrassing or not, that you want me to cover, send them to housecalldoctor at quickanddirtytips.com, or you can submit them to me on Twitter at housecalldoc, or on my Facebook page. And don't forget about my blog, Musings of a Distractible Mind at distractible.org. Let me remind you once again that this podcast is for informational purposes only. My goal is to add to your medical knowledge and translate some of the weird medical stuff you hear so that when you do go to your doctor, your visits will be more fruitful. I don't intend to replace your doctor. He or she is the one you should always consult about your own medical condition. Catch you next time. Stay healthy. Mm-hmm.